All right, so we're playing in Nashville. This is like 2011 or 2012. And I remember we had just gotten done playing this little, it was a really good show. Like we made money, we sold a lot of merch. We're loading up our van. It's like 1.30 in the morning. And we're like, all right, do we want to stay in Nashville overnight and drive out early in the morning? Or do we want to straight shot it there? Uh-huh. And I think we decided we were going to straight shot it. But as we were like finishing packing up our van, this old homeless looking dude comes up to us holding like a little puppy. It's like adorable and it's sleeping in his arms. And he comes up to me and he's like, hey, see this dog? And I was like, yeah. And he just goes, check it out. And he like lifts its gums up a little and it has like razor sharp teeth. And he goes, it's a fucking wolf. I killed its mother. <laughs> and he was trying to sell me a wolf cub. <laughs> what the fuck? And to this day, my biggest regret in life is that I didn't buy the wolf cub from the homeless guy. Like, I'll always wonder, was that actually a wolf? All dogs just have sharp teeth from the start. I don't know either. Can you even have a wolf? Like, if I raised it from a young age, would it still turn on me at some point and eat my face? I don't know, but... Punk Rock almost brought me a wolf, and I let that opportunity slip through my fingers. Did he name a price? I don't remember. On it. I remember being able to afford it, so I'm sure it was probably like $200 or something. And I remember being like, I can afford the wolf, and I go home in four days. I can not eat for four days. The wolf might even be able to bring food back for me. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like part of me wants to believe that by raising it, you know, you're tapping into the dog side of its brain because it's basically the same species anyway realistically so Mm -hmm. but at the same time then you hear all those stories about you know it's not the same animal but people doing it with like chimpanzees oh yeah no those guys chimpanzees are chaotic evil yeah there's no rhyme or reason to anything they do their lives are made out of malicious intent they are insane welcome to the kevin Welcome to the Kevin Podcast. Episode 6. Featuring Nick Palazik and Kevin Angus. My wife and I got really into a chimpanzee documentary a couple months ago called Meet the Chimps. Oh, boy. There's this giant chimpanzee reserve somewhere down south, and they have different areas with different, like, are they packs, gangs, murders? Um, Bird? Uh, I think it might just be maybe family? Pack? Packs feels wrong. Or it sounds wrong, but feels right. Because that's dogs. What would you call like, I guess, yeah, I guess it would might be a community. Yeah, it might just be community. But they do a really good job of like making it feel like a, I don't know how to describe this like genre of white man television. Oh. But Pawn Stars, Tanked, yeah. Ice Road Truckers, that kind of like forced scripted like reaction to things. Yeah. But the humans aren't doing, it's like they just kind of put your, they put thoughts in your head about what's going on with the monkeys. Like, oh, look what little Carly's doing. But it's just a monkey swinging from a tree. And you're like, oh, yeah, look, look at what she's doing. There she is doing her monkey thing. That's what they do. Yeah. And then halfway through the show, they try to sneak in this, like, who's Carly's father? What? Like, they try to figure out who's the father. There's one child monkey. There aren't supposed to be children monkeys. They're all 
monkeys that are rescued from labs or people who had pet chimpanzees that aren't supposed to have or couldn't handle having chimpanzees, which no one can because they're chimpanzees. They're terrifying. They're all supposed to be spayed and neutered, but somehow one of them had a baby. Damn. And they fit. Yeah. And so the season finale, you get to figure out who's the father and there's six episodes. And I'm not going to lie by the end of it. I was like, I want more. <laughs> did they reveal it at the end of the six episode streak? They did. So, but they, but they definitely like played it off in that last episode. Like the whole point of the show was to find out who the baby chimp's father was. But at no point until like the last, the end of the last episode where you're like, oh, <laughs> I care about that. Was it like a big deal at all? No. And then they were just like, it's probably this one. They like did a DNA test and all the people that worked there put like money in a jar to see who who they think is the father. And they were all wrong. And it was like, oh, snap, it's the other one. Oh, man. Who could have guessed it? Yeah, they do a lot of drama. Did they have like a panel of like, here's the eligible bachelors that it could have been. And they had like go through and compare pictures of the kid monkey to see who it looked most like. Or was it just all genetic testing? No, like game show-esque elements to it like that. Because that's what I'm imagining right now. It's like a, it's like a dating show or like a who's, who's their father, Maury kind of spinoff type thing. All right, this is a spoiler warning for anybody heavily invested in Meet the Chimps. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, you can't cry. I don't remember anyone's name but Carly. That's the little baby one. But there are two chimps in her community that are heir apparent to be the next alpha. They're like rival chimps. And they spend the whole episode like showing you how these chimps are rivals. Mm -hmm. And they're both trying to like assert their alphaness. And one is very clearly on track to be the alpha and the other one's like the underdog. And they play it like the one that's on track to be the alpha is the father. But turns out the underdog is the father. They really throw a curveball at you. You can't script these things. Did they know? I assume they knew who the mother was. Like they, they witnessed the birth. They knew that she was they pregnant. Did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They okay. didn't, it, they didn't, it didn't just like appear one day. <laughs> All right. That would have been cool as well. What yeah. the, where's this small one from? <laughs> it was cool what they do to the chimps to like stimulate them. I guess like chimps are really into eating like termites. Like they find those giant dirt termite nests. Oh yeah. yeah. And they like learn how to use tools to like eat the termites like shove a stick in there and pull it out and eat all the termites yeah for sure. so they like build those out of plaster and then fill them with peanut butter oh shit. and like lay sticks around and then you just have to watch the monkeys learn how to use the stick to eat peanut butter that's pretty cool and some of them pick it up real quick and some of them don't it, it's kind of weird that whole chimpanzee world and how much they can like the tool stuff you like why can't they go a little bit further than that but you know that's just where they're stuck at as far as progress i feel like they get a little bit smarter every few centuries and maybe one day they'll be they'll be ruling this whatever's left of this planet when we're done destroying it i feel like with genetic modifying them or testing on them in labs is only going to expedite that process or you know on the doorstep of doing something we shouldn't do that's all i'm saying isn't that like a big bad in the dc universe he was in the justice league cartoon a lot i think he's one of the flashes like gallery of rogues he's a gorilla like a monkey man he's a gorilla just a straight up gorilla oh oh like a super smart gorilla oh i think i know what you're talking about yeah but he like got free from the lab and started like a gorilla utopia nobody knows it exists it's like impossible to find it's full of like super advanced tech but it's just run by fucking gorillas that's great do they get like little glasses too and like little lab coats? no they just walk around like butt-ass naked because they're gorillas i guess fair enough it's fun i watched this gorilla documentary and i was just they travel around in like families i i think like legitimately Mm -hmm. it's just their family so like 
there's like the alpha male and then he has like a bunch of female gorillas that he mates with and they all kind of like compete for his attention and then there's the children and he will just like leave the children behind if he like wants to go do whatever he wants to do he might just someday like fuck off and do his own thing it's it's weird but they're cold and just leave the kids yeah yeah it's rough life out there i mean they're like oh you know that's what happened to my kids and you know i'm gonna also leave <laughs> my brothers and sisters all got left behind but i i kept up and that's why i survived to be the alpha male you know i pulled up by my chimp straps and <laughs> my gorilla father went out when i was five years old to buy gorilla cigarettes and never came home <laughs> i didn't need a father figure you don't need a father figure Made me the the gorilla I am today. <laughs> oh, oh man, I I do not know anything about that comic, but I really hope that they have monologues or moments like that where they just. I don't remember a lot about the Flash's gorilla nemesis. Like for all I know, he's an alien gorilla or a gorilla from a parallel dimension. Surely he's not fast enough to actually be a concern, though, for the Flash. You know what? Not all the Flash's gallery of rogues are fast guys. I'm pretty sure one of them. Really? Yeah. So there's the Anti-Flash. I think his name's the Anti-Flash. He's like, instead of being red and yellow, his costume is yellow and red. Clever. His superpower is he's just as fast as the Flash and his character arc is but what if the Flash was a dick? And that's what he does. I was kind of almost expecting Anti-Flash to be like really, really, really slow or be able to slow things down around him. <laughs> but no, I guess not. I'm clicking on the Flash's rogues gallery right now. The best part about superhero comics is that like all the great villains belong to like three dudes. Like, you know, all Batman's. I feel like he has the most famous ones. You know, all of Spider-Man's. His are pretty big. You know, a couple of Superman's. His tend to be like overall DC villains, but then pretty much every other hero is just a completely obscure, random bullshit supervillain that pops up over and over again in their comics. And the fans of those comics are like, yeah, I love, uh, for instance, the one I'm looking at in the Flash's rogues gallery right now on the Flash fandom wiki is Ragdoll. You know, Flash fans all love the Ragdoll, but you and I being like, people that don't know a whole lot about the flash are like who the fuck is the ragdoll it's just like they didn't have a reason they couldn't find an excuse to just use like scarecrow because he's in like gotham city so they had to come up with a ragdoll instead yes a lot of these will be it's gimmick and then how can we personify that gimmick or can we just make a man have the powers of an animal so i'm looking at the flash rogues gallery right now and here are the the top 16 entrants that i'm seeing right here there is the shade who appears to be just a like steampunk guy made of shadows ragdoll who looks like a insane clown posse member oh no i'm a big fan of the thinker he's just kind of a blocky face on top of a body made of binary code this one's just called turtle <laughs> <laughs> you caught me off guard with that one i wasn't expecting that <laughs> yeah he appears to just have the body of a man and the powers of a turtle he's got a shell he's very round turtles don't have powers this one's called Rose and Thorn. Looks like it's a Poison Ivy knockoff. The Fiddler. It's just a guy with a violin. Oh. Star Sapphire. That's a that's a famous DC character. The Rival, who looks just like the original The Flash, but his eyes are yellow and creepy. Captain Cold, who I think is just Mr. Freeze, but different. Dr. Alchemy. Mirror Master. Gorilla Grodd is who we were talking about. Oh, of course. There it is, Gorilla Grodd. Hyde Piper. Weather Wizard. 
the trickster and captain boomerang i think captain boomerang was in the suicide squad movie i was gonna say that one actually rings a, a, a very very small bell because i did see that movie as as weird as it was he has another guy named zoom is he fast? who looks like the flash but different yeah so you can tell he's fast because he's got speed lines behind him nice uh johnny quick he has a bad guy named johnny quick oh he must be fast too black flash Guy's name is just Black Flash. Uh, okay. He's like a zombie, though, and he's all in black. So he's not like African-American Flash. He's just... Yeah, I was, I was wondering if this was some representation happening, but no, it's just something weird. Oh, this is just Chunk. Chunk? Who is... Chunk? Yeah, he's just Kingpin by looks alone. He's Kingpin from Spider-Man, except for it's in DC. So he's Kingpin, except for he's an African-American guy. And his name's Chunk. And his name is Chunk. Chester P. Runk was always very fat. Chester P. Runk. But he was brilliant in the field of cosmology. Fucking Chunk. Chunk. Yeah, it's weird. I know a lot of people in bands that are, like, nationally successful in, you know, some capacity. And they're not, like, sharing the love, you know? They've got the connections now. Mm. But they're like, oh, you know, old Adam Zeke. We all do different things, you know? I am okay with, with just kind of playing drums for musicals every once in a while. Hey, that's fair, though. <laughs> Pays the bills. Get to play. It's fun. I can't imagine a tour lifestyle. It's got the glamour and the glitz, but, man, it's got to suck. We did it for a while, and I can tell you that I can sum up the entire touring experience with the day that we were sleeping somewhere down south, but not, like, too far down south, so it still got kind of cold at night. It was a winter tour. Yeah. Like, maybe we were in North Carolina. And we were sleeping in our van, which was an old bath fitter work van oh, that we put like van seats and classic actual car seats in. So it was all metal on the interior and it had gotten cold overnight. So while we were sleeping, our breath made like condensation at the ceiling. And I was sleeping on the floor of the van between the two rows of seats. And I wake up to just dripping on my face oh. of like the six of us, just, you know, all of our collective halitosis. Yeah, it's pretty grody. That is rough. That is honestly not exactly what I was expecting, but I can't I can't be surprised too much by that. That's insane. We have all kinds of fun, gross stories like that. Like my bass player at the time had a girlfriend. They were in like a long distance relationship and she had visited him just before we went out on tour. And we like crashed at her house halfway through the tour too. So he wasn't going that long without seeing her. Yeah. But for some reason he was like lovesick puppy. Ugh. He chose to wear her socks that she left. He wore her socks and he didn't change them for like days. Ugh. And I remember this one night his feet smelled so bad and we're all in this little tin can of a van that me and our guitar player just like dragged him out of the van kicking and screaming and it was raining outside and we just like beat him up in the parking lot a little bit, tore his socks off and threw him down a sewer grate. It was fun. He had it coming. That's inexcusable. Yeah. I have another tour story for you if you want it. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this is by far the weirdest tour story, but I swear to God, this is this is true. I've told this story to people before and they haven't believed me. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. I was in a band called I Was a Hero. You can look us up. We were terrible. I'm very proud of what we accomplished in our like three-year career, though. We toured, made money. We got famous-ish. Not famous, but you know what I mean. Like Notoriety. People yeah. wanted us to play in their city because we made a Christmas song. 
called I Am Worse Than the Grinch had released that song one winter and we there used to be i don't know if it's still up and running i used to be really into the pop punk scene i haven't been because mm-hmm. i feel like once you turn like 22 and that's it like it's no longer flattering to be playing this like angsty crybaby music yeah you're not pop punk anymore you've aged out of it <laughs> exactly if you, and if you are pop punk then you've like are like stunted in some way yeah you should <laughs> that's the thing. you should naturally reach that point i think that's a great point you like Definitely many people don't, but you know, it's, you shouldn't be ashamed if you do, because it's a sign of like growth and good things. Right. So all that being said, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if property of Zach exists anymore. Property of Zach was a, I think it was a blog. Maybe it was a Tumblr that got really popular or something. And that's how like people used to discover pop punk music. And they, they featured our song and then like our like Twitter fan camp or whatever, like blew up. Nice for us oh so you went viral okay viral okay like light viral like maybe we went from like 500 likes to like 2500 or whatever but it was enough like a common cold like the common yeah yeah but it was enough for us to be like let's um go on tour because we're (laughs) kids and we play music and this guy was like i'd pay to see you in kentucky so let's play in louisville which was the city we played in and had the most success louisville kentucky we had just played in Indianapolis, I think. Mm-hmm. And we put on Twitter like, hey, do you want there were five guys in the band and our merch guy? And we were touring with another band who had four people in their band, two guys and two women. And we were like, hey, there are 10 of us. If anybody wants to put us up for the night, we'll pay you or whatever. We just don't want to pay for a hotel or sleep in our van. Mm-hmm. And this kid got back to us like almost immediately on Twitter. And we didn't think to post that until like halfway through the show that night. So it was probably like 930 or later. Yeah. And we were like, okay. And he was like, I'm just like, I'm like 40 minutes out of where you are right now. And we were like, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you think anything of it? Yeah. (laughs) Let's go stay at the stranger's house. And we got to this house and it was at the end of a, I don't even know how to describe it. Like. You drive through the middle of nowhere and then you're suddenly in this like oasis, like really nice, like McMansion style houses. Okay. And it was at the end of a street and these people had a lot of property. Like it was all undeveloped around them for like acres and their house was huge and it had to be three stories, like multiple bedrooms. And this woman answers and she's the sweetest mom in the world. And she's like, oh, he just loves, he loves music, you know, and like. (laughs) He he loves your band. He loves both your bands. It was I was a hero in Doses was the other band. And we were like, this is really cool. Aww. And she brings us down into their basement. And then she saw their Doses showed up a little after us. And she like got like kind of cold. And she was like, the girls have to sleep upstairs. The girls and the guy, the boys cannot oh boy, sleep yeah. near each other in my home. And I was like, OK, whatever. But we didn't see the women in the band like when they got like she like locked them in the attic. They had like a finished attic and a finished basement, but I guess like she didn't tell them this, but she like locked the door. Oh no. And that's like the first weird thing to happen. In the meantime, she had made the basement really like comfy for us. They got out like air mattresses and blankets and stuff. And there was, we were set up in like a circle on this big finished basement. And the kid, who's like a high school kid that responded to us on Twitter, was staying down with her with us and he just kept saying like i can't believe you guys are here and we had never interacted with this person to the extent of our knowledge mm-hmm. it was just it was like okay this is cool we have a like a fan this is neat. yeah yeah he's talking to us about how he's trying to start his own band or whatever and you know he's like a weird kid and 
my friend actually took a shower. Oh, nice. They had like a little like bathroom with a shower down there in the basement. And he goes, dude, go in the bathroom and look at the door. And there was a poster of my band. Oh, my God. My my band with like 2,500 likes on Facebook or whatever. Holy um, shit. We had never made posters. I was going to ask that. Yeah. We sold T-shirts and we sold CDs and stickers. We had never made a poster. He had printed out and it was not like he went and did it like oh these guys are coming this was you know like he already had it yeah you have a poster hanging a door and it like rips a little bit like it was obviously an older poster and it was a picture of us from facebook mm-hmm. we were sitting on a cannon in the stockade park in schenectady and he had that printed out and it was on the door and i just remember thinking like what the fuck because like i would get it if we were just like even just a little bit bigger but it was just like I started to think like is this guy want to is this like a serial killer? <laughs> like has he been obsessing with us secretly? No, I get it. Yeah. I took a shower and stuff and then I was like, are there cameras in here? Like this is this is weird. Yeah. You know, he was very like happy go lucky and we got there at like midnight. So it was starting to get late. And so it's probably like two in the morning and he just very abruptly cuts off all of our conversation and goes, It's lights out. And we're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, well, we should probably go to bed. Oh, boy. And then okay. it was the kind of light in the basement that's just like an exposed light bulb with a little chain. Mm-hmm. Remember, we're all like in a circle of air mattresses around an armchair. And he pulled the chain and the light was out. Oh, And he's like, it's time to sleep. And we were all like, okay. And then like the air in the room was just like sucked out because it was like such a change in like tone. Yeah. And it very much, like, maybe I was just, like, getting paranoid, but it felt like if I were to whisper to my friend, if I was to whisper to him and be like, what the fuck, that he would just yell, like, quiet! <laughs> um, and the other thing is, so remember, he just pulled the chain. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I didn't hear him move. And, like, I couldn't sleep because I was, like, freaked out. And mm. so maybe in my own, like, terror brain, it wasn't this long, but it felt like it was, like, at least 20 minutes before I heard him like ease himself into the armchair in the middle of the room. What? And then like the next morning, like bright and early, we get woken up to this little girl sprinting around the room, jumping on a like our beds and stuff. And she like to a couple dudes, she like jumped on their stomachs oh like my God. with her feet. Like thank God she probably weighed like 50 pounds. But yeah, yeah. You know, like could kill a man. And she's just Still, like, wake up, wake up, wake up. And then we went upstairs and like the two girls from the other band were up there and they like looked uncomfortable. And the mom was like, I'm going out to get you guys breakfast. I'm going to get Brugger's or, or Panera or whatever it was. And so she like left us alone with this like weird kid and this little girl. So mm-hmm. It's just also weird that this lady, like maybe that she had a husband somewhere in the house. Maybe. But she was just like totally okay with like eight strange dudes and two strange women being with her children in her house. And she went and got bagels or something. And the little girl, we had a, a, a guy in our band who was, was Asian American and she just goes, Hey, China man, I got oh nunchucks. And, and he was like laughing. Cause this is the little girl just called him China man. Yeah. And was trying to show her his nunchucks. And she's like, you want to see him? And he goes, okay. And she ran upstairs and like we forgot she was gone for a second and we were like making small talk. And the little girl comes back out of nowhere with a pair of like legit ass like weapon nunchucks. Oh, like shit. not plastic. And just like 
looks at him with this huge grin and he's just like shocked and she just whips him in the sternum with the nunchucks like full force oh my god drops him like a sack of potatoes and then just starts twirling him and like chasing other people around and it was like right then that her mom came back with the bagels and was like hey 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 and like grabbed her and the girl was like struggling against her mom with these like nunchucks to escape and keep hitting us and the woman was just like i'm sorry about her we think she has the adhd but we don't want to get her medicated <laughs> oh man and so we like very quickly ate our bagels and the they were trying to get us to stay later and the woman's like we have a pool let's go swimming and like we were like no we have to go we have to go like right now and like as we were eating the little girl like came up to me and like hugged my leg oh boy. and was like nozzling her head into my stomach. I was like, I like you. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you were marked. Uh, it was weird. Obviously, like we're trying to get the fuck out of there. We like crammed into our vans, threw all of our gear back there, just hightailed it out of town. But it, I don't know. The poster thing always freaks me out. Everything else is just like icing on the cake. Like, I don't even remember everything from that night, but I know it was just, it was weird. It was like one of the most uncomfortable like experiences of my my traveling life, I guess. But yeah, Ugh. not to say it isn't a fantastical story that is you know genuinely insane. But I can't. None of it seemed like too like unbelievable. Like there was never a moment where I was like, "No way, he's making all this up." Like it seemed more or less, you know. It's the poster thing. Like you're like you didn't have a poster of your band. I'm like, no, I remember it. It was very clearly there. Like I saw it with my eyes. Because mm-hmm. it was just like this kid in the middle of nowhere from how far is it from Indianapolis to Albany? Like at least 18 hour drive, probably. Mm-hmm. My tiny little band on our first tour had an old frayed poster of my band that we didn't make that he made himself on poster paper. So yeah. he must have had it printed somewhere. And then I don't know. It feels like the start of a horror movie that it just never got to horror movie levels. Thankfully, yeah, yeah. And it's also the locking the girls in the attic thing was weird. <laughs> yeah, that does that I feel like if we had their perspective on that same night, I'm sure that they would have added to that feel of of horror movie vibes. It was probably like she was probably like, No way I'm letting my son get with any of these sluts or whatever, you know. I remember the next day we played somewhere I wanna say in South Carolina. It's like we drove there and it was like a backyard party. Yeah. It was like some kids like graduation party or something. And we played and they paid us and we played in like a rickety old barn. And it like had the visuals of being like deliverance. Like it was like it was like swamp country. But the people there were so nice. It was just like it like never once was I like freaked out the way I was in that like mansion, like suburban utopia kind of place. Yeah, it's just like the level of effort that like it's like you were saying that obviously you didn't make the poster merge, but you said it, it it had been there for a while and it was on like legitimate poster paper. That, like so there was genuine effort that had to go into making that and it had to have been, you know, sometime early on because at least a few months. Like the yeah, picture like, was probably a year old at that point. Like Okay. But yeah, it was it was a weird weird night. <laughs> I think about it all the time too. I don't know why. It's just one of those experiences that is like stuck in my head. Is like, hey, remember that time that stranger had a poster of you and immediately was like, yes, please come stay at my house. And his family was just like 
cool with it. And I think he watched me sleep. <laughs> There's no way that they're those parents. Like they've never said no to that kid. That's really what it comes down to. Like he's gotten everything he's ever wanted. Oh yeah. They were obviously like, I don't know what they did, but they were, they were loaded. I'm an old man and I don't have much time left, but I always have time for the Kevin podcast. We started talking about the bands that are dead, but oh, if right. you want to promote the ones that are actually alive still. Yeah, my band that is my brainchild and my baby and my favorite band I've ever played in. We're called Yeah Universe. Oh, I've seen you post about that one. Yeah, we don't post a whole lot right now because, but we have an album coming out just before Christmas. We're finally, after like almost a year, able to go in and finish recording the vocals. We have, uh, I don't know what we're calling the the album yet, but there'll be a bunch of songs. I'll be plugging it. Yeah, Universe, if you like the following bands, you might like us. Radiohead, Me Without You, Interpol, Cage the Elephant, Cursive, Pine Grove, Elvis Costello. But yeah, I'm very excited about those songs. I have a band called Victory Soul Orchestra that I play percussion in. So a little bit of hand drums, congos, mm. a little bit of sometimes mallet percussion, like vibraphone, marimba. We're a huge production. We're a 10-piece funk band. We also have a singer and a rapper that plays with us. Wow. Victory Soul Orchestra. We have an album. We were on the Welcome to Night Vale podcast. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, we were. You know, they do the weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were on the episode called The Weather, so we were the sports. Nice. And if you look at our Spotify statistics, yeah, the song that was on Welcome to Night Vale has hundreds of thousands of more plays than yeah. the other song. But we were in a really good spot. Like we locally around Albany are pretty successful. We get all we've done like everything there is to do for like a band of our size. And you reach a point in Albany. Or if you're not touring or whatever, you just kind of stagnate because we've never had a medium large scale venue. Mm-hmm. It's always been you play these dive bars, you play the hollow, and that's like it. And then your next thing is you can maybe eventually open up for like a big band mm-hmm. at the palace or whatever. We've played all the big, we've played Pearl Palooza twice, Lark Fest, like all that stuff. And people love us. I'll never understand it. Because <laughs> I think our music's kind of vanilla, to be honest. Like I get it. I yeah. enjoy, obviously, I enjoy it, but it's just dance music, you know. So a dream of mine spontaneously came true this past week, where we got offered to play at the Palace. Nice. We've never gotten to play there. I've always wanted to play the Palace. The Palace is a old theater in Albany that Rush has played at. And so I'm like, I'm gonna play on the same stage Neil Peart played on. That's awesome. But you know, no people. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that this work is going to be live streamed this thursday but i this podcast is going to come out in the future if you're like i wonder what this guy's crappy band sounds like you can go to youtube type in the palace sessions victory soul orchestra the video comes out march 30th oh that's awesome and then we have a couple more that lark hall venue i was telling you about they are now Mm -hmm. fully renovated we are doing their first lark hall session that's another stream concert Mm -hmm. but it's a two-night gig so we're gonna have people there which is i'm a little uncomfortable with that but yeah uh, they're allowed to operate at like a third capacity but there's no alcohol being served which is good that's good yeah i don't know if anybody will actually show up or not but we stream one night then the second night is for people 
And then we're also going to be doing uh, a th- another live stream gig. These open for takeout sessions that the Linda does through WAMC. And then they play it on the radio, which is cool, I guess, if you want to listen to some FM radio. Yeah. But, uh, speaking of which, yeah, Universe did an open for takeout concert as well. So you can go to YouTube and type in, yeah, Universe. And you can see us play a few of the songs that we're about to release. Nice. We have also been furiously writing. So we have a lot more music to release in the next few months. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we have content to come out for a while. So if you want to listen to music, there you go. That's exciting. Can I plug my TikTok here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have my own podcast I was thinking about starting lately. So I want to do baseball themed stuff. I'm really into baseball, right? Nice. Yeah. My TikTok is called at baseball and such. Nice. I upload everything I do there to Instagram as well. And all I do is I open packs of baseball cards. I film myself opening up 32 packs of them <laughs> and I recorded every single opening <laughs> and each video averages a minute and 30 seconds, but I didn't know TikTok is a minute only. So it's my voice sped up to twice as fast with like random pop music under it. Just being like, okay, today I'm going to open up baseball season one. Oh, look at that. It's Christian Yelich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have in four days gotten six followers and my one of my videos has like 900 views. That's not bad. I don't know anything about the stats there, but that's not bad. Me neither, but it's more than my band got on Instagram when we were like, we're playing a show this weekend. So... I do have one more thing to plug. This is very stupid. I have a lot of things to plug. No, please. (laughs) I don't expect anybody to check any of them out, but I am a streamer. I have a Pokemon stream. I am very into competitive Pokemon. We're called Pokelore. P-O-K-E-L-O-R-E. We also play Mario. (laughs) We stream every Wednesday night. We average like six viewers. Nice. Fun for us. It's an excuse for me and my best friend to hang out and play Pokemon, which is something we've been doing for 22 years now. So nice. I like not streaming for 22 years, but you know, playing together for 22 years. We're Pokey Bros. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. We've been like qualified to be Twitch affiliates for like two years, but we only did it. So we have emotes now. That's awesome. Subscribers. One of our emotes is just our friend Jake. You can subscribe to Poke Lore. They might. You never know. I don't get it. I don't understand Twitch either. That's another thing I think I'm too old for, but I'm doing Twitch it. is very strange. Uh, I watch a few streamers. I think it, I, I think I watch like maybe three or four at mm-hmm. most like actively. And they're well known. And I, most of them are carryovers from like YouTube subscriptions that when mm-hmm. YouTube became garbage, they transitioned to streaming and I just kept watching them there anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, <laughs> I don't know if Twitch chat understands Twitch chat. I don't get it. Streamers, streamers definitely don't. And all I can say is uh, the only one I ever cared about was a good old wide people happy. That's all I care about. (laughs) I'm not care. I don't care about the papegas. I don't care about the monka s or the or your or your (laughs) monka gigas or your what's the one that got. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. (laughs) What's the what's the big one that they had to like ban because they had to like change. Are you talking about emotes right now? Um, yeah, these are like clat, like Twitch emotes. Yeah. yeah, I remember somebody in our chat asked us what we thought about that, and I was like, I, I don't know how you haven't figured this out yet, as a viewer of the stream. But I don't understand Twitch. Like, we just do it to hang out and play Pokemon. Thank you for listening to the Kevin Podcast. I'll give you my testimonial about listening to you in my shower because that's true. That's perfect. I listened to the last couple episodes over the course of a couple days worth of showers.
here's my testimonial. Hi, I'm Nick. I like listening to the Kevin podcast in the shower because it's like taking a shower with my friends. Thanks for listening to the Kevin podcast. Goodbye. See you.